podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, we're recording this on Sunday night. You may be able to hear the patter of rain on the roof uh, um, above where I'm sitting. Uh, it's not been great today in terms of the weather, uh, today being Sunday, but yesterday was pretty good generally. So we had lots of cricket played and lots to talk about. And with me as ever to do that is uh, Sal Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? I'm good, Dan. I was almost about to make a call to my daily start contact yesterday when the rain came down, but in the end, didn't need to as we had um, a day for cricket. In the end, so I wasn't going to start saying about this, this forthcoming week. Do we know yet? Is, is it going to be a good one? I think it's okay. I'll just double check and let you know. But at the oh, minute, it seems okay. Yes, yeah, so we could get um, six weeks of cricket around your rain, which would be quite quite unique, I suppose, in this country. Yeah, so that's actually looking pretty well, good. Isn't it? Yeah, we've had I think five weeks where uh, Vera Duckworth rules have not come in. Uh, is that right? We had, we had a single yeah. game with Duckworth yeah. Lewis scored, which is a bit of a relief, really. Yeah. Um, um, and you've been out and about this week, Sal, right? You've been watching cricket in, in foreign climes, is that yeah. right? Yeah, so I saw some international cricket this week, so I flew over to Amsterdam, some, some boys from the club, and we caught Netherlands play West Indies in a one-day, which is actually a really good game in cricket in the end. West Indies sort of got home by five wickets, but um, I was very impressed with Netherlands sort of standard cricket. Good organised side. Um, so the system they have there, they've got expats playing, a um, mixture of Aussies, um, Kiwis, South Africans, I and mean, they've also got quite a good young sort of young age group set up. So they had three under nineteen playing the side who all, all play club cricket um, in a league they have on a Saturday. So it's a very organised. Did you get a feel for what the club cricket looks like? Is it is it a, is it a big setup? I don't know yeah. how much cricket's actually played in I, the Netherlands. I think there's so I think there's two divisions and each has ten sides in each division, um, and they play fifty over stuff um, from May through to September. Similar to actually what we do really. Um, and yeah, standards pretty good because you've got you know national players playing against each other week in week out. Um, I imagine this is where they spot some of the younger talent and introduce them into the national side. I mean, a club which hosted a grand place for Amsterdam, win, which I think you spoke about off air. Um, they've got seven clubs on seven sides on Saturday, so it's amazing to think that there's that amount of cricket being played um, in Holland on a Saturday. They've got they've got women's section, they've got a junior section, so it's thriving. So it's really good to see. Um, and as I said, well, seven sides. I can't think of too many clubs in England who have seven sides, but Amstelveen have seven teams out on a Saturday. Yeah. So the club's actually called, it's not called Amstelveen, it's called something else, but I can't remember the top of my head. Um, it might be called VRA, I think they're called. Um, but yeah, so they, I was talking to one of their sort of um, committee guys on, on the boundary, and he was saying, yeah, they've got seven teams on a Saturday. They have Sunday cricket taking place as well. Um, Saturday's the serious stuff, but Sunday's a bit more social, a bit similar to us, I suppose, in the UK. Um, but yeah, so it looks like you know it's on the up, and as I said, the standards you know they had West Indies nine one for five chasing two ten, um, and then the end West Indies won. Um, and I know this summer they've called it summer summer of cricket where they've got West Indies playing at the moment or just finished yesterday. England didn't fly out there, New Zealand are going out there, and South Pakistan. So if you're planning a trip to Amsterdam or Holland at some point, um, maybe try and tighten when those when one of them sides are out there. I think England games will be sold out from what I gather. You know, I'm sure it's quite a Glamorous location for buying yeah, so go to, you know. Um, but yeah, if you have other countries are out there and you and you you're free, it's I thoroughly recommend it. You know, really really good day. Worth noting. Worth noting. You, you remind me they're talking about uh, Dutch cricket and and, and Amstelveen the ground, which is the, the one I've heard of because Middlesex played there 
um, a few years back when they played the Netherlands in one of the domestic cup competitions that, that they were in. Um, Amstelveen is one of five first-class grounds around the world where a first-class game has been played and there's been a tree in the outfield. Now, quite a lot of people listening to this podcast will will know Canterbury as one. Um, I've given one. Uh, Amstelveen is another. And there are three others out there. I'm just going to leave that one hanging, Sal, to see if anybody, without Googling, if it's the object if you Google, um, can, can come up with three first-class grounds around the world where um, uh, where first-class cricket has been played and there's a tree in the outfield. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure um, our, our resident statos that, that are listening will be right on that one. And I'll, um, you know, if you want to get in touch and let us know the answers, all good. If not, we'll um, reveal all next week. I should also reveal one other thing, right, Sal? Hayes Cricket Club. For those who were listening last week, I had a, a bit of a, a memory fade and couldn't remember uh, the, the, the ground where our fifth eleven mysteriously turned up to play and it was the wrong one. They turned up at Hayes when they should have been playing Perivale Venetians 4s. So in case anyone was having sleepless nights over that one, there may have been someone out there, you never know. Um, I thought I'd just, just fling that one in at the beginning. Um, back to the cricket though um lots going on in in the prem sal and in some of the games we had something to talk about after one ball right i mean amazing piece of work by Milo wilkin against uh richmond yesterday so um first ball of the game uh scott Anderson comes into bowl delivers a wide um but Milo Milo wilkin you know is on the ball straight away and takes a fantastic stump and also a key stump in it was um the guys been scoring loads of runs for richmond at the moment and julius Samarao. Um, to, so to take him out the first ball of the game was a fantastic boost for reading and helped as they won the game, game quite easily. Um, some give a mention I, I as well. The fact as well so that it would have been one for one off no balls. Yeah, very good. Fantastic. Point. Yeah, yeah. Lovely that. That is really good. Um, and you know um, we don't give much mention to our umpires in terms of you know the good work they do, but credit to Arvin Patel who was the striker and umpire at the time and was an eagle eye from ball one and swatted the stump in. So you know, well done. So I've been for being, uh, you know, as I said, efficient and observant and doing his job as expected. So, credit on to the money. There. Yeah, straight away. Absolutely. You know, can't really and the rest of the game didn't get much better for Richmond, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it does help when you've got Robbie White playing for you. Um, he's come back from injury. I think he dislocated his shoulder a while back. So, he was um, unavailable for Middlesex. So, with his white stuff, white will taking place and not really featured that in the past. So, Good sort of good prep for him to get ready for, for championship stuff again. So he came into the side, um, leading one by nine wickets. Uh, Robert went 95, not out. Brent Gray also a red ink of 68. Richmond in a good position at one point, 92 for one. Um, Tanme Tanawala won there, so young side talents they have in the size of 51. And Will Phillips, I have to apologise, I called him Will Roberts last week, so Will, apologies for that, mate. Um, scored 40. But Christian Martin, I think, was back from a little trip to the States for his birthday, um, came on and took four for 34 and leading, as I said. Um, a nice nine-wicket win for those guys. That's quite impressive, to be fair, because Richmond, I think, are a, a solid unit, and to beat them by nine wickets is uh, yeah sends a, a message round to to others. And talking about messages, I guess um, Hampstead sent one as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it just shows how competitive this league is, and you know, especially starting the Premier Division for Hampstead to go and do what they've done is it's a great achievement. Um, I mean, look, this, you know, I, I do mention having the squad helped. Tenton were like yesterday; they had at least four or five there key players out but you know you've got you still have to put a side out and I'm sure the guys playing are capable of ones players but Hampton far too good from low scoring game um Hampton won by 55 runs uh, 50 for Callum Jackson and Sam Smythe um for Tennyson Aaron I mean took four wickets but it was um one of our um guests from the past on the pod Ben Fraser Hampton captain who trolled away and took four for 24 
as ten to one up one four five, which makes it a really really interesting sort of development at the top now in, in the league itself, or in the division itself, I should say. Absolutely, because we've been saying that Teddington could be the side who run away with this. Well, um, just shows what we know, doesn't it? They've been been brought back to the pack by by Hampstead. Um, and, and I think that, that that's a really interesting result. Hampstead have been struggling a bit, as Ben Fraser said to us when he spoke to us um, a couple of weeks back. But uh, but that that's quite a statement win. Fair fair play to them there. Um, Stanmore, another side who keep making not sure defeating the Bush is a statement win, but it was a pretty clear triumph for them too, right? Their joint. I mean, not, I mean they played five and one four. So and the one they lost against Norfolk was a real close finish. So and they've won hard. They've won easy. They've shown they can win different scenarios. And, you know, and again, we're talking about sort of talisman of teams like, you know, Ben Fraser for Hampstead. They don't come no much greater than Mark Rungo from Stanmore. Um, you know, 436, Bush 199 all out. Luke Mackey's a new signing for him, 466. But as I mentioned, Mr. Rungo was, was key with the ball. And I'm going to mention here to Tom Edrich, who signed from Southgate this season to join Stanmore. He's, he's not been in the one straight away. He's going to the twos. Um, and by the sound of it, it's showing a fantastic attitude, not moaning or groaning about it. And his earned his right to be in the ones and, and showed up Saturday race two not out. So, you know, congratulations to Tom. I think it was his league debut, or sorry, one debut for Stanmore in the league itself. No, no, no I think he played at Twickenham. No, he played at Twickenham. Oh, apologies. Yeah. Okay. But as I said, he, I know he started off in there twos originally. Um, and a player of his credentials and his kind of background, you'd, you'd kind of thought, well, he'd walk into most one sides. So the fact he had to sort of, you know, buy his time, be patient. Um, and prove himself, and he's done that. And then another player who's more than proved himself in the past, even Ryan Gold, scored 61. So a uh, comfortable seven-week win for Stanmore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we, we spoke to Stuart Law, didn't we, 18 months ago, um, when he was at Middlesex, uh, about about looking at players, how do you judge a player who's making progress, who's doing well? And in the end, he said it's pretty simple. You know, if you're a bowler, it's wickets. If you're a batsman, it's runs. They're your currency. And so to go in and score 82 not out um, in, in what I think might have been his second knock of the year, or maybe his third in the ones, uh, well, that sends a message. That's the currency, isn't it? And, and you, you'd hope for Tom that that's, um, that's the first step to cementing a place at the top of the Stanmore order. And clearly, they're doing pretty well on the back of it, joint top. Are, are you surprised at that? Or, or is this something that you, you thought was possible for them? Because they came up impressively last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, last year was impressive. They did have a guy called Travis Norris who helped quite a lot in terms of, you know, getting mm. where they got to. So missing him... There's was a lot of runs to miss, isn't it? Because he lot, scored the shed load last year. Oh, immense amount of runs. So that would be in the concern. And for me, looking from the outside, I probably would have thought of your first five, you know, you take two wins, take three possibly, but to have four is something they'll be over the moon about. Um, and they had Grant missing the captain with an injury, so he's come back into the side now. So I think they've recruited through to someone like Tom Edwards, who's, you know, proven at the Premier level, knows the league really, really well. Um, knows his game very sort of you know efficient consistent player so he was he was he was a good signing and nine doshi you know we spoke about um over last day over last week you know another key key player so they've recruited well and they've kept the core of the side that came up last year um they've still got experienced players like mike ryan gold like grant um Tushar Karari, Karia. so you know they're going about their business so um and you know it'd be interesting. I mean, again, you'd think the time point—sorry, the time point might suit them. It's something like nine days, you bowl twenty-five overs or twenty overs in a game. You know, expect them to take at least four or five a game, maybe. So, this could even be where they're coming to a more stronger part of their game. For instance, if you're going to say what I'm trying to say with the spinners they have in their yeah. side, you know. 
Interesting. See how they go on, for sure. Um, you mentioned a run machine there um, for, for Stanmore last year. But this year, if you're talking about run machines, well, Joel Curtis from Crouch End's probably one of the go-to men, right? Is it three tonnes in a row now for him? Well, if we count his one international against Monster, that's four, actually. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, three league tonnes in a row. Which is, I mean, I saw him play today when I watched some of the T20 stuff at um, Finchie come to later on. But he looks a proper player. Um, and yesterday, mm. he proved that again. Um, Hongzi... You know, probably well under par in terms of what they scored, but they didn't work. Make Cratchit work for it. Had him four, had him six down in the end. But Joel Curtis, he's his first consecutive hundred. He was actually on ninety five and they needed three to win, and he goes and hits a six. Um, so ends it in style. So he. What a he, great world it would be if I could do that, eh? So <laughs> you know, I'd have to get nine, let alone ninety five. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fantastic addition. I know he was here um, two years ago when um, he came over. Tom Scolley was playing there two's cricket quite a bit, so. For him, he must have improved massively. I'm not saying he doesn't play high quality then, but to come in and what he and do what he's done now um, just shows what a fantastic player he is. Um, so Cratchit will be delighted with, with his form at the moment. But he is going toe to toe with another Australian we have in our league, which we'll come to um, Matt Moran, who plays for Northland Six. And what's actually quite good is from what I gather, um, Matt Moran, Joel Curtison, Matt Jenkins, who plays at Hornsey, all playing at the Cot, overseas all Australian. They've sort of got a friendship mm. going at the minute. So they meet up quite regularly. They net together. I'm sure, there's a bit socialising taking place as well. So that's good that they've improved. Sort of got a, a, you know a friendship that's been secured by playing cricket against each other and near each other. Um, and Matt Moran and Joel Curtis having a confident minute. I know their sides are trying to compete. Who's going to come top in you know in the cot and also in the league? But these two are also trying to compete individually. But who's going to score the most runs so at the minute? Joel Curtis has got 369, but Moran leads with 384. And that was up yesterday. We were fantastic, 127 of 82 balls against Twickenham. I mean, you know, I'm sure you spoke to some of your guys. It's hard. I mean, I, I umpired him this season and was extremely impressed with him. Very, very, um, you know, hard hitter hits hard down the ground. Um, Spoke to Mark Williams today, the Northwoods at score, and, you know, he's been around the league for years and played at a fantastic level and umpired and part of the MCC and Rob Swartz at Laws. And he was saying to me... Um, He'd only come across one other player in club cricket who, who hits the ball as hard as Matt Moran, and that was a gentleman by the name of Mike Gatton. So that's some accolade. Oh, whatever happened to him? Yeah. 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 He did all right, didn't he? He did indeed. <laughs> so that's some accolade to be compared to someone like him. So, yeah, um, to come back to that game itself, I mean, Austria fly North Mid as they've been recently. 200 for 2 or 25. I'm sure Carlos and you guys in the Twickenham board are thinking this could be a 400 almost. But a bit of a turnaround, really. They lost seven, seven weeks of 50 runs. Um, 262 for nine, but then David O'Sullivan, another new side they've got this year, um, made 54 and ended up taking this side over to 300, which which proved to be the turning point in the game. I assume you know, you're looking at maybe bowling out for 262 70, and next week chasing you know, 315, which was, um, you know, as I said, the, the clincher really. Because I mean, Neville Talbot went away as he does at the beginning, smashed 53. Carlos had played the best up for the year, scored 78, but 2524 out. All out was, um, you know, the final score, and you just feel you know, not short, but it could have been different. And also, Moran was dropped quite early on from what I saw on the highlights in the sip on a chance you expect to be taken at Premier Division level. So it's one of the ifs and buts games, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, it's one of those ones that's got a few different interpretations, really, because I, I wasn't at the ground, but I did follow 
um, a bit of it online and, and it, more or less at the point you mentioned earlier, 200 off to 2 off 25, I was like, thank goodness I've got to go out and turn this off. This could, this could get absolutely horrific. Um, but, but it didn't. And uh, Twickenham got right back into the game. Um, but that last partnership really, it makes a bigger impact because of the fact that Twickenham had got back in the game. Having said that, they, they didn't bat the 50 overs. So there, there was something about the fact they wasted 15 balls that, that made me think when I, when I was watching it. And of course, we, we, we it's a flat track uh, out at North Mid at the moment, and um, we got off to a decent start. Um, and when we were four down, needing seven or eight and over off the last sort of twenty twenty two, you're in the game. But one of the things with having two hundred and fifteen on the board, Sal, and you'll have seen this many a time, you got to keep going mm. all the way through the innings. And if you, if any of the wheels fall off, you, you can't put them back on. You know, you've got to keep going all the way through. So so once uh, Ben Neil Green and Carlos Nunes were out, then we really were chasing it. So ultimately, 60 runs sounds like you're miles and miles and miles away. We weren't really that far away, but when it stopped, it just finished. That's it. We weren't going to get it. So um, so, so fair play to North Mid that they are, they, are, they are cooking on gas at the moment. But it, it does feel a little bit like we didn't quite do ourselves justice. But in the end, league table don't lie. We're ninth in the league, uh, eight points off eighth. Um, could do a start and win in a few games and quite quickly. So bring on the all-day cricket is sort of the message from our gaff at the moment because we think, we may be wrong, but we think that might suit us a little bit better. But we, we will see. We will see. Um, one last thing about that. Paul, Paul Smith was in touch earlier in the week uh, about various various stats things. And, and, and you know, we always appreciate Paul's uh, input there because he has got um, a database that's phenomenal. And he made the point that let's assume that Jim Gatton is, is not playing at the moment. I know Gatton's had, a, a, had an operation on his knee and I'm not quite sure the situation is there. But he is, in modern times, the league's top run scorer. He has, to, to put it in, in detail, got 7,693 runs since records began. Now, obviously, I'm waiting for someone to tell me that there was life before records began, and there was, but we're just talking about the modern era. Um, but two people who were fourth and fifth um, were playing in that game at um, North Mid. That's that's Carlos. He's um, Carlos Nunes. He's fourth with 6,802 runs. And um, Evan Flowers as well. He, he's got 6,644. And I think Evan Flowers goes under the radar a bit. He scored an awful lot of runs over the years and he's been a really consistent uh, performer. So it was fourth v fifth uh, there. And if both of them keep playing and, uh, and and Gat doesn't play so much anymore, then I, it's not beyond the realms that they could be going for that top spot as the, the highest run scorer in, in modern league history, which would be quite some accolade. Certainly, Carlos has got about 900 runs to go, which is probably a bit too much for this season. But if he's playing for the next couple, then... Maybe that top spot's within reach. Um, I mean, I don't know how much store you put on individual stats like that, but I was quite impressed by him. No, you can't argue against what they've both done in, in their careers in the league um, and for their clubs. I mean, actually, it would be good in some ways as those both ended up sort of first and second. No, no disrespect to Mike. Jim Gatton is a great cricketer. Not a respect and not a time for him. Um, but I know these two are really good friends as well. So um, it's yeah. probably a personal duel that's taken place as well. And I keep asking Carlos to come onto the podcast in this run with one condition is that everyone comes on with him so um that could be something we can maybe sort out within the season getting both we'll not be able to sell tickets for that that could be quite a comedy double act actually we, 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 we should, I'll, I'll look to set that one up yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what we can do if you're listening guys um i'm coming at you yeah. okay good good what about division one sally looks like we've got a bit of a gap um opening up there is that right i mean bronze are now showing their class which they've shown in the first four weeks they've taken all, all the challenges that we've thrown against them um and one of them was north london my, my club and a win by 84 runs. Um, I, I, he's not really fired yet, but he's beginning to sort of get used to conditions. James Brady um, from Queensland, Brunswick overseas, scored 100 yesterday and looked very good from all accounts and what the boys are saying after after the game. Um, and with him in the side, 
You know, they've got Alec Bowe, who's another good batsman. Um, obviously, James Wilder, well, captain. You know, they're they're looking strong in the batting department, and they they they've posted over two hundred each time they played the season. I think, um, and far too good for our guys. I know we with three or four light, but you know, everyone has a situation, so they can't use that as excuse really. Um, but Bronte now sixteen points clear. And that's a bit of a you know worrying gap for everybody else beyond them. And quite a few teams are going to be looking at that second spot. I mean, it's only week five. We've got a lot of cricket left, but there's basically nothing separating four sides, right? Yeah, and that could be what it comes down to. Who's going to be coming up in, in, in that second place position? Because the way Bronze were going, they look very hard side to beat. Um, but Finchley uh, are on their side, so who are on their tails. And they had a good win against House at Maria's 92 runs. And Matt McGowan, I mean, they've got an array of young talent um, who actually saw some playing today. And they look some very good folk cricketers, good fielders. Very agile, very mobile, um, and it's getting better and better in which week. And he's one of these guys, Matt McGowan, scored 111, um, as Finchie made 230 for 8. And then another young lads, and George Taylor Yeats, again, I saw bowl today. Sort of bowl, sort of steady, medium pace, moves the ball around, sort of has good variation. He took 5 for 27. So Finchie, you know, um, could be the ones who, if anyone catches the front, will be that side, or if not, will be looking to secure a second spot. Yeah, Finchley have started well as a club, so I noticed their seconds are um, played 5-1-5. So, you know, obviously the first team got relegated last year. That can sometimes lead to a bit of a dip, but uh, it looks like the whole club is is in a strong place to have a good season. So respect due to them there. Um, who else is in the mix? So Finchley very much so. Harrison Mary is still in the mix as well, but uh, other sides are also uh, around the 30-point mark. Well, like you said, we've got some sort of sides all sort of clinging on to in that second place spot, hopefully. And Barnes have given themselves a boost with a six wicket defeat for Acton. Um, you know, on paper beforehand, you'd have made Acton favourite for that game. Uh, Acton actually were in a good position at 113 for one. Lucas Carlisle scored 88, 84. And Husaifa today scored 56. But um, Barnes sort of, you know, fought back well. And then they won, you know, quite comfortably. All their top order more or less chipped in with runs. And uh, Alex Graham top scored 62 and out. And they won by six wickets. So, you know, Barnes would be delighted with that victory. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's quite an interesting one, isn't it? And, and Acton, well, I say Acton go to Bronsby next week. And I sometimes going to the best side when you add a result that you're probably not best pleased with is, is, is also an opportunity to really bounce back, isn't it? I mean, that they have stumbled a little bit, but I think they're still a strong side. So I'm intrigued to see how they go there. I mean, they will be disappointed with doing consistency so far. So they've, you know, they've, they've been beaten by, by Barnes yesterday, but when they beat Finchie, when a great game, you know, two weeks ago, winning by two wickets. So... They prove they can mix it with maybe the sides who will be challenging around them. Um, but the C word consistency, I'm sure, is what everyone's looking for in, in their performances. So that's the question. Can they, you know, one win against one next week and win after that continue in the same sort of vein in, in their performances? Yeah. And the other side, to be honest with you, I'm a little surprised that they are... Um, that they're three from two is is Wembley. I don't know why I'm a little surprised. Maybe that's a bit unfair, but um, but they had a good win against Enfield, right? Yeah, I mean a fifty run win uh, last week, last season. Sorry, they you know would been one of the side people would thought we relegation candidates. So they've consolidated with Div One states last year, and this year probably to try and build on that really, and they're doing so. Uh, Shoop and Juma has been around the league a long time. Lovely guy who's had good chats with him in the past week, Captain. He's got big runs in him, Shoop yeah, and Juma. Yeah, he yeah. was on for 200 at one stage next season in one of the Last year, exactly, yeah. Um, he, he's, you know, Captain Kenton, very experienced cricketer, very good cricketer as well. Um, scored 91 as they got 2 3 7 for 8 
and if we have struggled to see how the bat, um, again, missing Tony Sage yesterday, and when he's not around, a huge loss, um, 187 all out. So, uh, Wembley, you know, side you can definitely say they're in the mix in the early stages of the season so far, but let's do bear in mind it's just under a third of the way gone. So, a lot of cricket to be played. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Winchmore Hill will be a little bit more relieved today than they were seven days ago, though, right? They managed their first uh, first win over Austerlin. It's a pretty convincing win as well. Yeah, I mean, mentioned last week how six points don't come there early, but it was a six points in some ways because if Winchmore Hill lost that one, they'd be right in the mix towards the bottom of Austerlin. But um, they both did a great job, first of all. Bowling from Austerlin out for 112, it was. And, and they were three for two at one point, so it would have been quite a sort of lively mm-hmm. sort of. Um, Place to be on that batting for Winchmore batsman, but um, Abhay Tipness overseas scored 66 not out, and Ross Foster scored 41 not out. We sets up an interesting game next week. Against Enfield. Yes. Near neighbours, local derby, um, and I'm sure I'm sure that will be a, a keenly fought one. So we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that because both of them have been, been struggling, and I think they will they will fancy themselves to to get 10 points and get you know get moving up the table. Um, a little bit. I see uh, North London play Wembley next week. That, that looks to me to be an interesting one as well. Um, again, Wembley started strongly. You guys looking to get back in the saddle. Um, any thoughts on where that one might go? I mean, they're one of the sides that are you know, around us. So it's a game we're looking to win um, and have a good chance of maybe moving up the table as we go along. But it's a new challenge mm-hmm. now at the time of cricket. Um, and yep. it's just interesting how we adapt to that. We've normally had quite a good record with, with, the, with the, the limited overs format, um, and it'll be interesting how we got this. We were at home, so we're, we're on, we're on mm-hmm. you know, sort of familiar um, playing ground, so we know where we're going to be playing and what we, what we do well at our club. We know wicket pretty well. Um, and we've not been there for a couple of years, so we should see how they how they turn up and play at our place. But yeah, it's, it's, an, yeah. it's, it's an interesting clash. And now we've got the equation of a draw being an option as well in the results. So we're interested in how many games are actually drawn um, in the early weeks where the sort of teams try and suss each other out, really. Yeah. I'm interested to see how people play it. I'm always interested to see how people play win, lose, draw cricket. Because I was having discussions again. I think I mentioned to you before, I was up in Shropshire this weekend to visit my old club and all the rest of it. Uh, and, and there's still this idea that, that having draws in the game prompts defensive cricket or negative cricket and I just don't get it you know if you, if you want to win the game you've got to get people out you've got to be positive and so I think the sides are the most positive and Wembley generally do play really positive cricket they, they, they go for it um, I think ultimately win lose draw cricket helps positive sides because you'll win a few more than you might otherwise not have done um, and so I, I think that makes Wembley an awkward sort of side to play because they will they've they got a few dashes uh, and, and they'll look to try and definitely get maximum points. So I'll be following as ever from afar, as I guess, as I guess will you, right? 100%, yeah. I mean, also, I think maybe early on in the season, teams might be a little bit more cautious, but as you move on to maybe, I don't know, seven, eight weeks, seven, eight, and nine of the time format, and they're in a situation where they can maybe assess where their next, you know, season cricket will be played, you might see different approaches. Yep. You know, I mean, it might just be a case of, as I said, not giving away too much early on and staying in contention for whatever you're trying to play for. And then, you know, yep. as the season develops, go from there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if we move into Division 2, well, we have the first of our sides who are still, um, uh, not, not the first, second of our sides, sorry, Bronsbury were the first, who are uh, played 5-1-5, Harrow Town. Um, they are, uh, um, they're promoted from last season, double promotion. Well, I wouldn't say it's looking very much on, it's a bit early for saying that, but if you've won 5-1-5, five five, you're not in a bad place. So, so they're looking strong, maybe Highgate, 
Um, another side who'd started really well. So, uh, and they've been them reasonably convincingly, 158 versus 159 for four. Um, Danny Blyton scored 33 for Highgate, but that side they didn't really get going. And 158 against Harrow Town doesn't normally win too many games of cricket. Um, and Rifas Hamid scored 75 as they as they cruised home. So um, uh, another good weekend for them. Um, Highgate is still second, uh, having won four, but they're alongside Southgate, who have also, you know, sort of picked up, actually. wasn't quite sure how Southgate would find life in Division 2, particularly after losing Tom Edridge, as we were speaking about earlier. But they've now won four from five. And they beat Harrow, who, of course, had made quite an impact in the early couple of weeks by, uh, by five wickets, 205 for seven versus um, 208 Four five with, uh, with with eight balls to spare. So um, Southgate will be pretty pleased with with that. Um, at the other end of the table, a couple of results caught my eye. Um, Indian Gym now off the bottom. They were playing the Middlesex Titans. Uh, neither of whom I think I'm right in saying had won a game before. So that was 229 for eight. That's uh, what Indian Gym put on the board, and the Titans were all out for 100. And, 53. Uh, Ryan Hussain uh, being the standout name with the bat for uh, for Indian Jim with 69. So um, they'll be very pleased with that. I think the Titans struggling a bit. That um, they'll no doubt be, um, you know, that they'll they'll be looking to try and work their way up the table uh, in the you know in, in the coming weeks. And to say both both are, both have now got wins on the uh, uh, wins in the league, but only one. So uh, they'll be looking to do a bit better in that time cricket we were mentioning earlier. Um, Ealing Trailfinders got their first win of the season. They beat Brentham, who were three from four. So that's, I guess, a bit of a turn up for the books. But at the same time, we did say right at the beginning of the season that Ealing Trailfinders should be one of the strongest sides in the league. Certainly they've got a, a great setup there. So they'll be hoping again that this is a, the beginning of a, a bit of a drive up the table. The scores there, 203 for nine versus 207 for nine. So it wasn't a... Um, a, a walk in the park. Um, uh, Pete Patel, that we haven't got the first name from the scorecard, got 99-8 for Brentham. Uh, Hanif Alexander, 4 for 32 for Ealing Trailfinders, which looks pretty important in the great um, scheme of things. The big um, the, the big contribution, though, came from the Trailfinders skipper um, and uh, and wiki keeper, that's Shabiz uh, Mir. He got 114-8 off 86 balls, um, and that ultimately was pretty pivotal in them getting home, particularly given that they were 176 for three, so they only chasing 203, and then very nearly threw it all away uh, and won ultimately by just the one wicket. So Trailfinders um, up and running. Brentham licking their wounds. They'll go again next week. Um, anything catch your eye with any of that, Sal? Was that um, all um, the, the type of thing you might have expected? Or I mean, what I'm, did you make of it? I mean, I just looked at the Brentham Trailfinders card and quite fascinating in terms of um, I think it's Preet Patel, I think his name is. Um, if I'm wrong, I apologise. Um, no, I was going to take that out, but I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Okay. So right. he scored 99 not out. Um, and he came... T- so his side on 173 for 9 um, when number 11 came to bat. And then from there, they got to 203. So they've added, what is that, 30 runs, um, of which number 11 faced 4 and scored 1. So they've taken most of the strike and added... <laughs> I'm just trying to work out how he's... Got to 99. Did he hit a four to get to 99 or six? Or would he, you know, be interested to find out how he could get to 100? Because um, he's made a great effort in trying to get there in terms of, you know, the last stand added 13. He scored 26 of those, unless there were some extras involved. Um, and took most That's of the a level of well. badgerdom that I'm afraid 
it is beyond me, Sal. But I know what you mean. 99 not out, and, and things were, were were falling apart a bit around him. Perhaps someone from Brentham can tell us how, how close he got and, and went <laughs> and what yeah. the uh, what the story was there. Yeah. But I think bigger picture, Shabazz Mir, 114 not out. That's a good knock. That's a captain's knock to win the game for uh, for, for, for trail finders. Fair play. It is indeed, and it was yeah. side that Matt Robertson, um, Robertson mentioned earlier on the season has been one to watch. So they're slowly getting their act together, aren't they? And, and it's still way possible. It's definitely possible that they could have a charge right up through through the table. It's by no means uh, a foregone conclusion that the sides that are at the top now are going to stay at the top. That you know things can change pretty quickly um, over the next few weeks. And in some divisions, they almost certainly will. Um, Division three. If we move into that, um, there's a, first of our tales of woe this week. Sal, three sides in this division have now lost points this season. Two for not marking the pitch out of T, which is a pretty basic thing to do, and it's set out in all the rules. People know they've got to do it, um, but um, two sides have not done it, so they've they've lost a point each. And another side has lost a point for not having a scorer in one week. So one point might not sound like much, but um, if you go down by one point, then it's made a difference. So that, that's a bit of a shame to see, but but there we are. Hope they hope they've managed to uh, learn the lesson of that one, and we'll get it sorted in future. In terms of the actual um, table, Wickham House are still top. They got 42 points, but they suffered their first defeat of the campaign. They lost to Kenton in what sounds like it was a, a pretty decent um, game. Um, it was 222 all out for Wickham House. Irfan um, Kareem, 110, uh, well batted Irfan. And Kenton then were 229 for nine off 42.2. So a one wicket victory. Um, I thought it was quite interesting that no one for Kenton scored more than 34. So they were chasing 228 and um, a number of people got got contributions. Now, you can read this one one or two ways. Either someone needs to go on, someone needs to score 70, 80, and then everything gets easier. Or it's a team effort and everybody's chipped in and it's, it's a real, you know, impressive 11-person uh, contribution. Um, I think I'd be more in the, the former camp. You know, someone in the top order should be scoring more than, than 34, really. Um, 26 wides helped, Sal. You know, that, that's always good when you're chasing um, to, to have 26 wides come your way. Uh, and also Mohammed, Mohammed is 21 out at the end looks pretty crucial to Kenton getting over the getting over the line. And that's put them joint second now with um, a team we mentioned in in previous weeks um, as having a good setup. SKLP, uh, they're both on 40 points. So Wickham House 42, Kenton 40, SKLP 40. Uh, and they beat Actonians this week. Um, quite convincingly, 100 all out versus 100 and for for four, um, our other obviously uh, point of note, in Division Three, as always, Sammy Hyder. He played, didn't go so well from this week. Sal, did you follow his progress? Yeah, as I do weekly. Um, not the best day by our, our leader and Sammy. Um, scored no runs. At eleven, um, did he yeah. face the ball? Um, I think he faced one ball. It might be not out though. It might be not out. I'll check that. Um, and no gets in the three overs that he bowled. So. At the minute, stands are the position. Sorry, the, the, the situation is one run scored, six wickets taken. Yes, precisely the same number of league runs a season as me. Uh, one, one game, one run. Perhaps uh, he's a fraction more wickets in his Middlesex County cricket league career than I do. Um, but yeah, so he's uh, yeah. I'm sure he won't be massively enamoured with with either of that losing the game or or not really making any progress himself. But uh, AP will be happy. Um, that, that's a solid win. That is seven wickets. Um, you know, 90 all out versus 91 for three. Uh, fair play to them. That's um, that, 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 that's a decent effort. 
if we move into Division 4, um, old Isleworthians have hit the top there. And they had a good season last year, just missing out on promotion. So we shouldn't be too surprised at that. They also beat Friends United, who themselves had a really good start to the campaign. That was 174 versus 103. So a pretty clear victory. Um, Rohit side 83. Um, so so well batted Rohit. Uh, Friends United still say second. Uh, K plus are now third, even though they've been deducted a point as well um, for, for, for an indiscretion, uh, um, a, a non-cricket related indiscretion or a non-playing related indiscretion. Um, but they beat Kensington Chelsea uh, by 100 runs, 211 by 111. Um, Keisha Patel, 68. Uh, and Meet Kumar Patel, 6 for 15 off 8. That's a pretty decent set of bowling figures. So uh, K plus are, um, are third. Um, Division 5, so did you know anything in Division 5? What caught your eye there? Um, so another side we're talking about unbeaten runs so far, London's 14th, so they've made it 5 out of 5, haven't they? Um, a bit of a run fest against New Caledonia, scored 2.95 for 6, and bowled out the opposition for 196. So um, a, Hassan, a batsman by them, Hussein Biplop, yep. um, found some form. Uh, previously had scored 97 runs in 4 innings. Decided this week this was a week where he's going to get going, and he sure did with 135. Just chipped in with 175. So Decent. <laughs> as, as, as you do, yeah. So he's, he's had a pretty uh, um, good weekend. Good stuff. And Swami Bapur up to second um, in, in a promotion spot. They beat Peshwar by uh, just over 100 runs, 196 v 90. Um, a couple of nice 50s in there for um, Kashyap uh, Vasani, 54, and Avnish Koda, 52. So Swami Bapur in the promotion spots. We get to Division 6 now. Now, I was talking about sides getting deducted one point. Um, Stallions have, uh, well, let's just say they trumped that and some. They've been deducted 70 points, um, which you won't be surprised to hear, Sal, season bottom. Um, they're now on minus 40. And I mean, I, I sort of make light of, of that. But 70 points is, is, a, is a pretty horrific state of affairs. 10 points were for conceding a game after the Thursday evening deadline. Um, as everyone will know, you've got to, if you're going to concede a game, then you've got to do it before Thursday evening. So the other side has the, op- the option of getting another game sorted, uh, friendly, and they haven't gone down the route of making teas and anything. Well, they didn't do that. So, so the league's deducted them 10 points. And I guess much more seriously, 60 points, that's 6-0, for playing an unregistered player under a false name. Now, that, if there's anything that's going to get the league's executives goat up it's doing that so um 60 points i don't know exactly how that was all uncovered and what what the, the story is but it has been and um they have been slapped with a 60 point fine so hopefully that sends a message out that um if you do find you've played an unregistered player don't go trying to to, to, to play him under somebody else's name because it's the road the road to ruin so they are currently minus 40 and uh, and and definitely much the poorer for for having um having done that in terms of the cricket, Youth Wing are now top of the pile. They're 41 points from 50. They beat um, Regent's Park on, on Saturday, which um, uh, reasonably convincingly, 185, 126. Um, just behind them, Harrow Millennium. They're 40 points from 50. Um, so they'll be quite pleased with that. They beat um, Bahani only just by two wickets, chasing 180, but they got there in the end. Ashish Kumar, uh, Moen Lal, 52 for Harrow Millennium to see them home. So much for the division, Sal. Now, about this time of the year, we tend to look at sides that have still got 
unbeaten records and that there are a few about, right? We've mentioned a few already, but if I've got this right, then in first team cricket, there's three sides, right, who've got unbeaten records. Is that the way you see it? Yes, correct, Dan. Okay, and they are? Bronsby in Div 1. Right. Carrotown in Div 2 and London Sportif in Div 5. Okay, 50 out of 50. Now, there are six other teams who've, uh, across the whole league, we're talking um, second 11 and third tier, who've also got maximum records or even records that are a bit better than the maximum. And, of course, the first one of those is Finchley's second string in Division 1. They've got 51 points. And I, I'm sure as an umpire, you'll know why that is, Sal. Yeah, it must be for the bonus Absolutely. points. Though, yeah. That they picked up. Yeah, yeah they, they, they've had an umpire in at least three games, probably five games. Um, and for that, they've got a, a, a bonus point. So, um, and there's a maximum of three bonus points to have uh, it, it, there if, if you get... Um, if you get umpires in play. So they've got 51 points as opposed to 50 uh, um, in Division 1. They've also, we've also, in the second, uh, second 11 competition, got K-plus second 11 uh, in Division 5. Now, they, they've not got 50 points, but they've only played four games. So they've got 40 points from 40. Um, and there are four teams in the third tier. Um, Sal, can you talk us through those? The four teams in the third tier at the moment are... Um, is it... Um... Crouchen, sorry, no, Ealing for 11 in the prep. Yep. Um, Crouchen for 11 in Division 2. Um, Brentford for in Division 4B. And North London Muslims in Division... North London Muslims for 11 in Division 6A. Yep. I think North London Muslims may have benefited from a couple of conceders uh, along the way, but that, that's not their problem. <laughs> They're still playing 5-1-5, so uh, they are definitely on yep. the list. That's our nine teams. We'll keep an eye on... On, on how they go and see, see how far into the season we can go with this, whether, whether anyone's going to get to 60 out of 60, 70 out of 70, or even possibly a few more, because there may be 12 points up for grabs, depending on how the toss goes and, and the decisions of the captain. So um, as things stand, nine out of nine. Top score of the week, Sal, who, who were the big hitters there? So this, this must be like a local derby with these guys playing each other. Bresbra scored 333 for four, Against Headstone Manor, I'm sure it's around the corner of them in, in Div 4. Um, Headstone replied with uh, 2, 2, 4, 4, 8. And the low score was Lanka Lions, all out for 66, uh, versus Pinner Challengers, who posted 188 in Division 4. Yep. I'm not sure I'd want to end on 333 for 4. I suppose it could have been worse. It could have been 333 for 3. You know, they, exactly. David Shepard wouldn't have liked that, would he? But... Um... No. But they didn't send fake. Headstone Manor didn't get there. So, yeah, and 66 all out. Well, that's... It's still the second highest... Lowest score of the season, if you know what I mean. So it's still some evidence, I think, that um, there's plenty of runs out there. Uh, that there's no there's no sort of bowling graveyards, at least in first eleven cricket um, at the moment, as you'd expect with the good weather that we've been having, good wickets out there to bat on. In terms of the whole league, um, I guess Bensborough were still top, weren't they? Yeah, really, three hundred thirty-three. But we must give a mention to Brentford Force, who scored two hundred eighty-six for nine in Division Five B versus Paravel. Yeah. Um, who actually down is, is that? Yeah, Perivel actually, actually chased it down. I think that's that's the wow. bit that caught my eye. Yeah, I mean that that's an impressive chase, two hundred ninety-seven. Especially forty-one point two overs. Well done, Perivel, on, on getting to that total and winning the game. Yeah, congrats to those guys. Yep, definitely. And the lower scores, uh, there were <laughs> there was a lower score than sixty-six, right? Yeah, eating five thirty-nine all out versus Southampton, Southampton four to um, 
accumulated 267 all out in Division 4B. Yeah, scored a few more than 39, didn't they, Southampton? That must have been a long day if you're in the Ealing Five. So fair play to you for, for, for sticking that one through and, and fingers crossed things go a bit better for you next week. Um, cool. Now, what else has been going on, Sal? There's been a bit of T20 stuff about, right? Yeah, so we've come to the end of our um, group stages at, in the T20 in, in, in the league itself. So we have three sides who are through to the county finals. Um, so in the group, which had Tenton, Twickenham, Richmond and Acton. Richmond beat Acton in the first game. Um, Tenton beat Twickenham, but give them honourable mention to a guy everyone knows pretty well and know you know really, really well and does all the behind-the-scenes work on the podcast, our Eugene, our, our man Eugene. Um, not only to take two for four to over, which is fantastic figures in the T20 game, don't know any kind of cricket. Um, then when open back about 50, he does tell us he won't move for the next two days. He'll be bed, bed bound. To He's not lying. He's not lying. He will be lying, but he'll be lying in another way. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. yeah, spot on. Yeah. He said he's not, he's going to be he's struggling at the minute, but fantastic work from Eugene. So well done, Eugene. Um, and then the final boards between Teddington and Richmond. I haven't got the scores, but I know Richmond have won and qualified for the county finals. Um, so congrats to Richmond. Um, in the other group, we had Ealing and Osterley get to the final of their group. A very close game in actually. Ealing with Coaston at one point had Rossi eight down. I think Austin made something like 50, maybe with six, seven overs. Um, and a couple of big overs. Needed Austin, needed seven or four balls. Nine down. And upstairs, Christian Martin, the captain, take the key wicket and put his side through to the finals. Um, and the other group, which was today I saw some of it actually take place, um, North Mid lost to Crouch End. And Winchmore will beat my Finch, who were hosting in the final um, crouching post in 195, um, at which point I had to leave. But by all accounts, Finchy fell short by about 50 60 runs. So the three so far are Richmond, Ealing, and Crouchen. And the other group which first we played there was called off due to the rain, mm. involves um, Stanmore, Harrowtown, um, Bronsby, and Highgate, who I think will try again maybe next week or the week after to try and get completing, then we'll know who will be going through to finals day. Now, that group's really interesting as well, isn't it? Because if you, if you look at those teams, they've won a lot of games this year. Bronsbury, Harrow Town, um, Stanmore, and who was the fourth one? Um, Highgate. Highgate. You know, fourth and yeah. four until, until Saturday. So, and obviously, yeah. not yeah. all in the same division, but uh, their sides have got used to winning. So, I'd be intrigued to see how they got on with their, their T20 shootout. Yeah, I mean, Stanmore will play Harrow Town, mm-hmm. and Bronsbury will play Highgate. So, you, you know, on paper... You know, nothing to be ever right in paper, but you'd assume Stanmore, Brunswick could be the two sides contesting at the group finals, um, county finals day place. Yes. But yeah, we should see. So at the minute, we have three Premier League sides in the final, so Stanmore will be hoping to make it four. Yep, yep, definitely. I mean, a couple of other bits on that T20, uh, on those T20 results. I mean, Osterley, you know, needing seven off four. One thing I've learned about Osterley over the years, and, and certainly I've played cricket against Osterley for about 20 years or so now, but way back into the Middlesex Championship, they're always a difficult side to play. Never write them off. The number 10 can come in and whack the ball as well as the number one. That They really are a side that are pretty unpredictable. So I'm not in the least bit surprised to see that they nearly caused a shock there at Ealing, even though they've been struggling in the league. Because they, they, there's something about them. that They are a difficult side to play against at times. Um, and I guess you've probably seen that through the years too, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And also, you're totally right. They're just one or two blows away from getting close to winning the game. And that was the case. I think they needed 32 or 3. Um, and then it might be 13 or 14 off the last over. And then in one of the low guys, it's a 6. Bang, and bang. the game has changed completely, hasn't it? But then tries it again next one and gets cleaned up. So, yeah. um, as I said, Ealing will be delighted to get over the line. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And in terms of the Teddington, um, Teddington Richmond uh, um, Twickenham Acton group, yeah, J Julius Summerauer, I mean, you know, he, he was out for naught yesterday. We, we mentioned that point. He was stumped off the first ball of the game, which wasn't even a ball because it was a, a wide. Um, but he, he's got back in the groove. 108 off 42. Uh, he scored when they uh, when they beat Acton, which is pr pretty impressive stuff. Putting on 163 for the first wicket um, there, with, uh, you know, in, in their game. So he, he certainly got got back up and dusted himself off and, and hit the ground running. And uh, yeah, very much agree about Eugene Berger, 50 odd for, for Twickenham uh, and took two for two for next to nothing. So well done to Eugene. One last thing I wanted to to, to fling in, um, Sal. I I mentioned very facetiously last week that you know we were getting a level of statistical nuance from Paul Smith. I, I didn't know where to, you know, what could we challenge him with? And I mentioned jokingly about, you know, trying to find, trying to find sort of statistics that were, uh, um, that, that were clearly too difficult to find. And, and he, he wrote to me in the week and said, you know, what are you going to be asking for next, Dan? You know, who, who scored the most runs on their birthday when they're playing in the Middlesex County Cricket League? And he's, of course, right. You know, the, the level of depth that you could ask is just totally unreasonable. But the reason I mention it now is that I was driving yesterday, listening to TMS, and they were banging on about Ben Stokes because, of course, it was his birthday yesterday, uh, Saturday. And um, and they were saying uh, um, to, to the statistician there, statistician there, how many people have captained, uh, have had their first test match as captain of England with their birthday happening in the test match. So I immediately thought of Paul Smith. I thought of, the, you know, him making the comment, you'll be asking me about birthdays next. You know, if they're talking about it on TMS, if they're talking about Ben Stokes and his birthday, then surely we'd be legitimate in doing the same here. Paul will be very relieved and pleased to know that the scorer said, behave yourselves. I've got no idea. That, that, that's a ridiculous stat. I'm gonna, it would take me far too long to discover it, and I'm not doing it, which is not something you often hear from a TMS statistician. So, um, so it just occurred to me that Paul might, um, uh, might have missed a beat if he was listening to that commentary on the way to his game yesterday. You got anything more sensible to chuck into AOB, Sal? Anything more? Than that? Actually, I've got something more badger than that. I'll say. I, mean, I texted you about yesterday. So I umpired um, in the game between Harry Town and London Tubes yesterday. Right. Um, and I mean, I've been there for a long, long time, so I couldn't exactly understand where it was what. But when I arrived there, um, having driven there, I just realised how close the tube station is to the ground. So I'm oh, interested to know, is there, yeah. yes, Rainers Lane is probably a minute's walk away to the ground. So is there a club with a station even closer than Rainers Lane is to Harrowtown in, in our league? Because that has to be the closest that I've seen. Now, that is a good question. Yeah, I, off the top of my head... I'll take over ground as well. It doesn't have to be true. It could be an overground as well. Yeah. But any, I mean, any to be closer, being realistic, you're probably going to have to be able to hit it into the, the station, aren't you? It's yeah. that I'll tell you one who is, actually. It's in Surrey, and that's Worcester Park. Okay. Worcester Park, you can definitely hit the ball, if you're a really big hit, into Worcester Park over overground station. But I can't think of any in Middlesex. That's a decent call. I mean, right to say it's not, it's not a place you can hit the ball, but it's, I would say it's about a minute's walk. Oh, it's not far away, though, is it? That's for sure. Well, yeah. at, at a brisk walk, yeah. So I'd be intrigued to know if there's any other ground mm -hmm. station closer. We are open That's to my... all suggestions as comments, as we are about uh, first-class grounds with trees in the outfield, of course, for those who want to want to think about that as well. Enough of such badger them. Sal, um, always a pleasure. Are you, are you watching any cricket in the week? You're not off to far fun climbs again, are you? Um, no, back, back to work this week. So, unfortunately, today's watching cricket are put away to at least um, end of July, August now. Yeah. Reality hits. Yeah, yeah I, I know the feeling. Good stuff. Well, um, go well, everybody. Uh, and we will obviously reconvene in seven days' time to talk about all the action in week six. Cheers, Sal. See you then. Cheers, Dan. Take care, mate. Bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network.